From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. What an absolutely gorgeous day we had yesterday, and just pretty much for the uh, second half of the weekend, really. Yeah, a little cloudy in the morning, but man, just cleared out about 11 o'clock, just blue skies all day, just perfect Jeep weather. I mean, Derek, you drive a Jeep. I gave you a hard time yesterday about not having the top off, but you... you well, the know. rain came Friday. It's, 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 not, it's not the easiest thing. Uh, I, I know gotcha. it, we got storms coming Wednesday, but uh, there's a nice little two-day gap, and you know, hopefully, I think today is going to be a little cloudy. Spring's almost here. We've got one more cold front coming through with the storms, and hopefully after that we can kind of clear out and keep that San Diego 75 and sunny weather. Speaking of good weather, the, the weekend was really good. Got a chance to go down to Oxford. First baseball game I've been to in a while. You know, enjoyed that. Like you and I joked off air, uh, not, no, nobody's wearing a mask in Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> no, that's 8,500 and uh, pretty much uh, old times. Yeah, Ole Miss has basically said, hey, uh, you know, you made us quit last year or we had to close last year, so we're going to make some of that money back for sure. But, uh, you know, Ole Miss uh, won on Saturday, lost on Sunday. We, we'll talk about that in just a second. You had the opportunity to go down as well uh, for the Sunday game. Pretty interesting. I mean, the kids definitely aren't abiding by the six feet distance, six foot distance. No, and I, you know, State had a good weekend. They had, I think, they swept their series down in Startville, and so just again, a beautiful weekend in Mississippi. I also did go down to the game on Sunday. Had a great time. Not, probably not quite as big a crowd on Sunday as it was on Saturday. Of course, the series is already in hand, and as you said, Ole Miss did lose. So I'm glad it was already in hand. Uh, but you know, I think I saw several people down there that, that I knew, people that I've you know in Hernando and others I haven't seen in a while from other parts of the state. But just a a great day for a game, um, and just to getting out. And uh, I hope that everybody was able to enjoy it. Again, hope we have more many weekends like that the rest of the spring. Your record for attending Ole Miss baseball games is probably two and thirteen. That's probably about right. Probably about right. They won both games last year when we were seventeen and one. Really, you know, go ahead and hang that banner for the mythical national championship that we would have won last year. But, yes, uh, this usually when I go down, it is, I do not bring the good luck. Yeah, so if we make it to Omaha, we need to pay you to not go. <laughs> if we make it to Omaha. Yeah, so that's what once in the last what, 50, 45 years. Yeah. We should be a little bit better. Well, Derek, i tell you what is worth paying for. Working with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They have over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's over 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They've been voted DeSoto's best team multiple times. Right now, they're offering a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. That's a free, no-obligation market analysis to learn more about your home. I continue to say springtime is a wonderful time to sell your home. Now it is definitely a seller's market. If you're interested in listing your home, please contact Team Couch of Birch Realty Group at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for your free, no obligation market analysis for your home. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have sauces, cast iron, knives, thermometers, cutting boards, and some really cool high-end smokers. 
If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Or, again, visit them just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. Well, Derek, we got some good feedback for our Hernando Animal Shelter topic that we spoke on last Friday. Uh, we had a number of people reach out to us via email, Facebook, and stuff. I saw we had a lot of shares. People, again, it's a hot topic in Hernando, the Hernando Animal Shelter, uh, which you gave some really good facts about, gave the timeline since 2016 uh, that, that they've been working on. But we mentioned it on the show on Friday. You mentioned Susan, uh, and Susan did get back to you over the weekend. Y'all went back and forth via text and, and, and on the phone uh, talking with some more stuff. You kind of got an update there. So go ahead and give that to us. So I was able to talk to Susan. She's the animal shelter director, and I talked with her because, again, we were not able to connect before the show on Friday that we did Friday morning. I actually talked to her not too too long after we, we recorded on Friday morning, so kind of the mid after, excuse me, mid-morning on Friday. And so kind of wanted to make sure, let her know what it was going to say because I had, had not, I don't think it actually posted till about noon. And so she had not heard it yet, but I did go over what it was talked about. And I wanted to get her input and make sure that I didn't, uh, say something I shouldn't have, and or if there's anything that she wanted to contradict. Nothing really that uh, we brought up that she wanted to contradict. The only thing is that there was a couple things I wanted to clarify. The first, you know, I mentioned that there were three employees at the city, with obviously her being one of them being the director. Uh, she did clarify that it was two full-time and two part-time. So it is, you know, technically, I guess, for the pay, uh, it's three employees, but they do split it up between two full-time and two part-time employees uh, in the uh, animal shelter. One thing real quick we want to make note of is you weren't aware that, that Susan was the actual town uh, employee for, for the person who runs the animal shelter. You, th you thought she might be I, I in I thought control. she was involved with it. I, mean, I knew she was involved with Correct. the animal shelter. Yes. I did not realize she was a director. Exactly. So I do yeah. want to apologize to her for that at the time. There, she you know, kind of mentioned about the budget going forward. You know, we, we did talk about that. She said that, no, they're not going to need any new staff. And the, the reason they're not, even though the, it will be a larger space, is that a lot of times they're having to bring maybe somebody in to kind of watch. That, you know, they don't have currently have bathrooms. Uh, at the facility at the fire station number two, uh, they don't have the computer there. There's a lot, you know, they don't have any office space, sure, sure. and so they're, a lot of times they're having to leave. Maybe go use the restroom, or maybe gather some more information on a, a certain topic, or maybe look something up. And so they're having to leave a lot and come back. So somebody has to stay there and kind of man the, you know, man the animals. And so that is kind of eating up a lot of their time. And so because everything will be centrally located in one spot, they'll be able to save some time on there. They'll be able to save on cleaning. Uh, being able to have people come in there uh, when they're out, you know, walking the dogs or walking, you know, the animals, they'll be able to kind of just do it in a central area, not really have to go anywhere. And so because they don't like to leave more than one person there, it is dangerous. God forbid a, a dog were to get out and you know, very dangerous to somebody there by themselves. So sure. They always have to have two people there. Gotcha. So to make it a lot easier. So she does not think they'll have to hire anybody new. Um, she also does understand that, yes, the utilities will go up. But overall, she doesn't really know how to budget that. You know, she thinks that there will be some cost savings for some of the things we just mentioned, that, but it will go up at some point, and so um, she didn't really know how to budget for that. She did want to make people aware that, you know, we talk about it, it was a humane. I mean, it's a humane shelter, unlike most of the other shelters in the, in the county. And what they do is, well, you know, you ask, well, if it's so small, then, and people are always dropping off dogs and they need a larger spot, what happens to those animals? They do a really good job of people sponsoring animals, bring them to their home, and I think we mentioned that. But they also reach out to other humane societies across the nation, mm. and they'll ship animals out. 
Wow. Uh, they've got ties in as far north as Rhode Island, out west. They call the people up. They have they have like a some kind of a social media network where they'll put it out there. We have this dog, this type of you know cat or whatever. Uh, can y'all take them? And they will they will ship them across the nation. Wow! And that can be volunteers that actually drive the animals. Uh, somewhere that's not too far, uh, or actually ship them, of course, board them up plane. And so there's that's a lot of costs with that. And so she really does think that some of that cost savings would also help, you know, if we can uh, hold more animals in Hernando. Right. Uh, the city does spay and neuter. A lot of times shelters will get animals in, you know, give them the rabies shot, you know, to try to get it back out, but they won't actually do the spay and neutering. They do do the spay and neutering. So, again, a little more expensive, but they're trying to keep the, the pet population down. Bob Barker. You know, spay and neuter. It was your, in my brain, yeah. Spay, spay and neuter your, uh, your dogs and cats. So they do that, and, and so that's something that they do. It does have an extra cost. They do look for approved homes, ASPCA certified homes. So you, you have to be kind of vetted in order to get their animals. So they do, do a, a pretty good job with that. No pun intended. And then the last thing they want to say is that, you know, I, I did ask her about, okay, well, why Renaissance Park? And we talked, you know, there was a right. lot that could sure. be purchased. And she said, well, un- they, she understands the industrial part, but – you know, when you put something in an industrial park, it's forgotten. And are you talking about the Nesbit Industrial Park? In no, Nes- this is the 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 one out on uh, Vaden Road. They talked about buying that lot over in the Hernando Industrial Park. Well, that was fifty two thousand five hundred four. I think was the number. You know, back in two thousand and sixteen, it was tabled, hemmed and hauled for a couple of years there, and finally decided that you know since they owned the land to put it in Renaissance Park. She likes it being at Renaissance Park, and I know that may or may not be a uh, a popular opinion, but she said that the reason that they really appreciate it being out, you know, by Renaissance Park is that because if you put it in an industrial park, it's forgotten. I and mean, people don't drive out to the industrial park every day. I, okay. You have to want to go there. And so, you know, I guess if you knew it was there and you were, you know, animal, a real animal lover and wanted to go get a dog or a cat, then yeah, you, you would know where it is. But she says being out there, it has a chance to be seen by more people, top of mind. And not only that, but she plans on having dog bite safety programs out there, kids programs programs, bring them out there. So, you know, a lot of times you'll see them at the A-Fair or you may see them sometimes on the square on the farmer's market. Well, she, you know, wants to make sure that, you know, that it's, it's top of mind for people, not only for the support, but also to have them adopted. And so she does, uh, you know, and she understands about being louder dog park, you know, dogs barking, that sort of thing, if they do end up building the fields out there. But, you know, the, the dog park is already there. Uh, and so it kind of ties in with that. So she hopes by the visibility, it will help make a more successful shelter in getting animals put in the homes. Um, I was not the one question I did ask her that I got later on and I, and we did get some feedback as you said was that it was a little confusing because people wanted to donate to the we were pe- people reaching out how do I donate how do I get it to the shelter and I sent her and I apologize I was out of town this weekend uh, in Ole Miss and, and my, my son did uh, go visit Ole Miss uh, for his um, I guess junior you know visit day and so I was trying to reach up with her and I wasn't able to get her, but the one question we had, and I will try my best to find out, and we'll maybe do it at a mention at the end of our next show, about the, uh, there's two different funds. There's been a fund at the Northwest Mississippi Community Foundation that was collecting for this for a while, and there seems to be maybe a new fund, uh, a new 501c3 that has been established uh, for the animal shelter also, and so I had a little confusion. Hey, I really want to give to this. Which one do I give to? That there was a little confusion there. So I wanted to clarify which was the better to give to. And so I wasn't able to, to reach with her on that. And, and again, I, I want to clarify. I did not try to reach her until Monday about lunchtime. Uh, so yesterday at lunchtime. 
So she's only had just eight or nine hours last night to respond because we're, we're doing this early Tuesday morning. So, again, I don't blame her for that. So whenever I do find that um, out, it, we'll have it at the end of our next show just to kind of, you know, let you know where to donate for the animal shelter. Yeah, and Susan, thank you so much for getting back in touch with Derek. Again, Susan is the person in charge of uh, for the city of Fernando, the animal shelter for the city of Fernando. From what I can tell, I mean, I haven't been out there, uh, you know, really to take a look, but I think she's kind of making lemonade out of lemons every day already. You know? I mean, they seem to be doing a lot with what they have. Right. And, but, you know, and she was very positive. I mean, she obviously has a passion for animals and, you know, just wants to see something done, wants to work with the city. At some point, I hope both sides can sit down and maybe even have like a mediator and just sit and say, all right, let's, let's, let's hash it out. Let's get it done. And that may be, you know, the, uh, some of the aldermen that we've talked to, that may be their idea. Hey, right. let's get together. Let's, let's hash it out and let's, let's get it built. But gave me, you know, I asked her, she answered everything I wanted to know. I didn't hear any negative feedback from our sure. show from her. And so hopefully I'll get that last answer and get it out to our listeners as soon as I can. Right. And again, the money has been set aside. You know, the money's not spent yet. Not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. She's got um, the, the number they have raised. And this comes from her is uh, just just around 45,000 or just under on the private side. On though. the private side, there's been 45,000 raised to this point in, you know, one in both funds. Uh, that will be used to help, you know, with that two hundred thousand dollar or approximate gap. Now they will be, you know, narrowing that right. down, but they have forty five thousand they can put toward it, according to her. The reason we wanted to talk about the Hernando Animal Shelter because we had three or four straight aldermen candidates that mentioned it. And again, if the if the candidates for the aldermen seats are mentioning it, their residents of their ward are mentioning it to them. So we thought it was something to dive into, something to to keep an eye on because again, the Hernando Animal Shelter will probably be the uh, a brand new building at Renaissance Park sometime in the next two or three years period so that's uh, the reason we want to talk about it well Derek those decisions will be made by the board of aldermen so we're going to turn our attention to the Hernando alderman meeting which is tonight the second March meeting will be happening tonight uh, give us an update on that I know it's pretty it's pretty small but give us an update uh, in this agenda that tonight uh, there are I don't know about five or six things that I'll just briefly mention of course we'll cover it more on our next show one of the things the first thing listed after you get through the consent agenda and a couple of raises that are, are going to be given out uh, is the Madison Lakes project uh, I already reached out to the mayor because I had another a question about one of the ones uh, toward the bottom of the agenda, and he wanted to let me know that that has already been tabled, <laughs> uh, so it will be removed from the agenda tomorrow night. Uh, the uh, They were not able to, their attorney was not able to make it to the meeting tonight. The water agreement that the city's drawn up, this, which of course yep. is the biggest issue uh, still going on without approval, uh, it also, the agreement's not ready according to the city attorney. And so that will be not rescheduled for the next meeting, uh, but it will be rescheduled for April 20th, the second meeting in April. reason for that is is that the mayor assumes that the first meeting in April, the one on April 6th, which is election night, will be a very short meeting. We've got, two, of course, two current aldermen running for the same position, another alderman, an incumbent, uh, who actually does not have an election that night. Uh, it's been the Ward 2 seat will not actually go until the general election in, Jan in June. Uh, but and then of course the mayor uh, also is up for election that night. So you know they will it will have to have a posted meeting by law. They're required. Probably will gavel out pretty quickly. <laughs> that will be a very long day for all of them. I could I could picture them standing outside their polling places and all that kind of stuff, and then trying to go so into the meetings a meeting. at six and the polls close <laughs> at seven. So they're it's going to be in and out pretty quickly. Absolutely. Um, that's why I think a lot anything that gets tabled more than likely, unless it's a urgent pressing matter or they got to pay a bill. Uh, will be pushed to the April 20th meeting. So, uh, again, I want to clarify that real quick and also let you know that Madison Lakes has been tabled to April 20th. Uh, the next on the agenda, Magnolia Commons, Phase 4, 36 lots. This was tabled from last time. Uh, they will discuss this. There's no nothing right now that says that will be, be tabled. So that will be looked at tonight. 
Uh, some other new stuff. Now, those have been <laughs> some old topics we've been talking about literally since December. But now the waste connections, you know, that's the people that pick up our trash uh, that we the city contracts with. This is interesting. Now, it doesn't give any details, of course, till tonight. Is requesting to change garbage collection uh, routes. So, interested to see what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, you know, changing days for different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I've been a Wednesday pickup 17 years now. Right. I don't know if that's what that means, but that's something to kind of pay attention to. They are requesting to change garbage uh, collection routes, so that may change what day your garbage is picked up. So stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm predicting 147 comments on Hernando Happens <laughs> <laughs> for that one. Uh, the next is they want to authorize the mayor to sign an agreement. Uh, with WatchGuard for the body cameras yeah. and software. Yes. Uh, the police chief, I maybe kind of spoiled a little bit, briefly mentioned it when he was talking about savings, how they had had the body cameras funded that they were looking to possibly purchase. Well, those have been funded, and now they will look to uh, authorize the mayor to sign the agreement to outfit the Hernando Police Department with body cameras and the software to back those up. So, again, just a big step. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Right. Very uh, big deal. That's huge. For a town our size to have, you know, uh, functioning body cameras out on the streets. Uh, so, you know, can't be any kind of um, he said, she said on, on that sort of thing going forward. So, great for the city of Hernando for that. So, look, look for that to be signed tonight. Now, the next is, is kind of a two-parter. They are going to authorize to advertise for a $194,000 loan for the parks and the cemetery departments. Well, the reason it's $194,000, they're going to go ahead, the other $100,000 is going to go to the cemetery. The cemetery, they're going to go ahead and get uh, more pots ready. Uh, there's been some erosion, so they're going to bring some dirt in. But they're also going to go ahead and get the pots ready. And I'm not going to go too much detail. He kind of went into it with me. I said, Mayor, look, I'm going to let you talk about it, get it on record, sure. and we'll just recap it. But basically, they're going to. this is for both cemeteries, uh, the newer one and the Spring Hill Cemetery. So allow for more pots to be ready for people to purchase over the next few, actually next decades. Well, the, po- uh, the population in Hernando continues to go up. That makes total sense that they would begin to lay out the plot for for purchase, Derek, would you would you call the hundred thousand? Would you call that dead money? Mm, wow! <laughs> I'm glad you went there. And I did not. Well, go there. I can go there. I grew up in the funeral business, so <laughs> you did. I, That's yeah, right. Yeah. There's not many uh, there's not many Undertaker jokes that I haven't uh, heard. So uh, I thought I'd bring that one up. Now, for those interested, the uh, the city is requesting for a five year loan for the ninety four thousand dollar portion of that, and a ten year note for the hundred thousand and the hundred thousand dollar portion of that. Uh, those will both be put out to banks here uh, if it's approved tonight and I said something kind of went along with this it was a two-parter the other thing that's going to be approved right after that or look to be approved is to accept the lowest bid from grassland for the drainage works around the ball fields and to work on the ball fields so basically they got the lowest bid to get that grassland local company Uh, so good for Hernando and they'll look to you know use that money to then fix the ball fields now the timeline on that I do not know we'll have to see if it's mentioned in the meeting tonight uh, but when that would be ready, but they will be able to start on that once uh, once the loan hopefully is put out to bid and then the lowest bid accepted. The last thing is that the order extending the COVID relief pay. Now, this has to, some of that cares sure. money. Right. They really hadn't gone into a lot into it yet, but obviously this is going to continue on. Now, we are getting vaccinated, which we'll mention here in the state portion of our uh, show, but they are looking to go ahead and extend that. Uh, it's supposed to end March 31st, and so they'll extend it past that, so that's going to be authorized to do that tonight, and we'll see how long that's going to be for. As I did last time, Derek, I'm going to jinx them. It sounds like it should be a fairly short meeting, so uh, they're 20, <laughs> 25 minutes, and I just jinxed them, and they're, they're going to be there till up to after 8 o'clock, because uh, you never know what happens at the end when it comes time for uh, you know open for questions, open to the public, but 
uh, good job on the research and uh, good luck to the men and women tonight that are serving the city uh, and their decisions. Uh, Grassland's been a, a very big part of the, the baseball fields for years. I know when you and I were doing stuff with the crew years ago, they were uh, heavily involved in that. So congrats to them for getting that contract and making the baseball fields as playable as possible and stuff. To, we could talk for hours about the baseball field and kind of the, the odd uh, ownership and, and stuff like that of it. Turning our attention north, South Haven Alderman Derek has even less stuff than Hernando, so not a lot going on in the spring uh, right now for the South Haven Alderman. Actually, they hadn't posted anything. Go ahead. The South Haven, it could it could be a 15-minute a meeting or a 15-hour meeting. We don't know. Uh, as of the taping of this podcast, uh, their agenda was not online. Uh, then I do, they do a great job. I'm sure it was just kind of a miss. Maybe they're on the person who posts on spring, spring break. break. Yeah. Uh, but they do a great job because not only do they post their agenda, they post all the minutes from last meeting plus everything in the agenda, all the backup information. So it's usually a 250, 300-page document. Not online, again, as of early Tuesday morning, taping of the show. But if you want to, please go to uh, southhaven.org, click on Our Government, Board of Aldermen, Meeting Packets, and then click here, H-E-R-E, you know, click right here, and it'll take you to the agendas. And if it says March 16th, then click on that, and you can go in there and read it yourself. And just a quick update for the UTW podcast listeners. I know we're going to let some people down that are traveling later in the week. Uh, we will be having the show today, uh, so we're having our usual Tuesday show. We will be releasing the candidate interviews for Ward 6 tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow. Candidate 6 interviews will come out. So that'll be our two shows for this week. We are going to take the rest of the week off, enjoy a little spring break time ourselves. Uh, so this will, that will be our two shows for this week. And then we'll circle back. We'll talk about the Hernando Alder meeting. We'll talk about the South Haven Alder meeting, uh, everything that comes out of that. We'll talk about that next Tuesday. So next Tuesday will be a full show, but it just won't be this coming Friday. So, again, we will have today's episode that you're hearing currently, and then we're going to have a show tomorrow, special episode, Candidate 6 interviews. Derek, we joked a little bit uh, off air. Uh, we're ready for the election to be uh, from an interview standpoint because we have to mix and you know figure out when everybody could come in and stuff like that. We thoroughly enjoyed it. We are kidding. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed getting to know the candidates and all the different things. But you know some of our best shows, or at least our best received shows, are some of those candidate interviews. So be sure and share those interview shows. Please look into our history uh, when it comes to those candidate interview shows, and and so you could uh, take a look at those. And we have many interviews uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. Derek, that wraps up our Hernando Alderman meeting, our South Haven Alderman meeting, and again we start off local. And we're going to move a little statewide. So one of the best things, I think, coming out of the state legislature that we talked about on Sunday, we uh, sprung forward. Uh, we Everybody lost an hour of sleep, all that kind of stuff. So we sprung forward. And the state of Mississippi legislature, that has been a topic in Jackson. Tell us about it. Yes, HB 1062. So House Bill 1062 uh, was introduced, and it would allow the state to observe daylight savings time year-round. So, in effect, you can't really say it gets rid of daylight saving time because we actually stay in daylight saving times and never get back. So, for those of y'all that love falling back, that would basically never happen again in your lifetime. So, that's what is was proposed by the House. Uh, went through the Senate. Both passed pretty quickly. And so, it now sits on the governor's desk. It is known as the Sunshine Protection Act, and it would be signed into law by the governor. So, if he decides, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sign this, or if he does not veto it, uh, but does not sign it either by March 18th, so Thursday, at the end, uh, end of the day Thursday, if he has not signed it or vetoed it, then it automatically becomes law anyway. So either way, either by him signing it or not doing anything, it will become law. Now the kicker is this, is that it only goes into effect if the federal government does the same thing. 
So the federal government would also have to do away with daylight save or I guess perpetuate uh, daylight savings for the rest of eternity. And if they do that, if they decide to do the same thing, then Mississippi automatically accepts it. It kicks in. Now, if they do not act on that, I'm not sure, and I guess I can find out and see if it sits there for years until that finally happened, like if it would happen next year or 2025 or whenever, if the federal government finally did it, if it would kick in then or not. So I'm not sure about that, but I do know if they do establish it this year, which there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk in Washington about doing away with it. Uh, I know that Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi is 100% for it. I think she's one of the people really pushing it. So we'll see. But the state of Mississippi has passed it. Uh, it's on the governor's desk. As long as he doesn't veto it, it will pass. And then it's um, just a matter of time to see what the federal government will do. Mississippi, there's several states that have done this and are all waiting uh, for their federal government. Now, for those of y'all, there are two states that do not do it at all. Arizona does not observe it, and Hawaii does not observe it. And then there's a small portion of Indiana right. that does not observe it. So there's three spots or th two states in a small spot of Indiana that currently have, do not observe it. Everybody else does, but that may change this uh, term in Washington. So you're telling me Hawaii, Arizona, and a small part of Indiana use common sense. <laughs> yes, basically, yes. Exactly. For, for, well, for that, yes, for that specific yeah. time. Right, yes. that, yeah. Uh, the, the daylight savings time, uh, you know, that the time has come for it to be done. I, I, Derek, we talk all the time. Of course, uh, media tells us how divided a country we are. But I would bet that we're probably as unified as, as anything on this particular topic. Well, I mean, it just it gives you – now, I mean, again, for those that get up early in the morning like myself – I do struggle for the first, you know, when you get that daylight starting at 6 a.m. and then in March you spring forward and it's not until May till you see daylight at 6 a.m. again. That's kind of tough. But, I mean, you get daylight till 8 o'clock in March. Right. I mean, what, that's that's fantastic. Exactly. So, so I mean, I, I'm all for it, and I think most people are. I mean, yeah. they like the afternoons better than the mornings. Let's just have it for year-round. Sure. Good job by the legislature. But, again, we're waiting on the federal government to make their decision. Again, I do agree that there's been more taught this year than most years. Of course, it may be – they want to talk about something other than some other things happening yeah. across the country. Well, I mean, but if, you, look, if you find something that has bipartisan support, exactly. jump on it. It's like, go. oh, wow, that, that, that pulls out at 87%. Let me jump on that. Derek, something else coming out of the state. Uh, Tate Reeves uh, made a pretty big announcement yesterday. Tell us about that as well. Today, March 16th, all Mississippians are now eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Any of y'all follow Tate Reeves on Twitter or anything like that? He tweeted out yesterday that if you were 50 or older, there were 10,000 spots left to fill, you know, statewide to get your shots and go ahead and get your appointments because tomorrow, which is today, uh, he was opening it up to everybody. So it is now opened up to everybody. Mississippi is the second state to make the vaccine available to all the eligible residents. So I think, you know, again, we are we are second in something. We're what's the other? There. What's the other city state? I did not find that. Okay. I actually researched that and could not find what other state. Um, but it, with the second state, 20% of the state of Mississippi has received at least their first dose, and then more than 323,000 are completely immunized in Mississippi. Wow. Uh, so, again, we're 20% has won, 323, so we're getting closer. And the uh, caseload for the first week of March, so the, so the COVID caseload for the first week of March, 83% lower than the January peak. And hospitalizations the first week of March, 75% lower than the peak of hospitalization. So rolling out to everybody, Matt, you can get it now. I can get it now. And so, it's, you know, just, again, anybody hearing my voice, 16 or over, you can start now, you know, booking your vaccines. That's a great day in the state of Mississippi. Oddly, Derek, an hour after you announced that, Twitter uh, 
shut down Tate Reeves' account. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. It's odd how that happens. But, uh, look, congratulations to Mississippi. Let's get rocking and rolling. If you want a vaccine, it is available to you uh, if you want one. And that uh, UTW podcast is going on record as saying we just encourage you to be as healthy as possible. So I think, uh, you know, Derek and I are going to get back out there and, and enjoy the weather and like we talked about down in Oxford for, for sure. Um, but the state of Mississippi, again, Derek, you just gave some numbers. Uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we are, uh, you know, on a downward trend. And uh, as that continues, um, you know, the state of Mississippi and, and, and cities and states across the country are going to get more opened up. So uh, I know I'm enjoying the spring weather, and it's, it's such a big part of Hernando and what we do. Speaking of a part of Hernando, the Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast and they should be yours. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. You know, Derek, on our UTW Instagram, I've been noticing a lot of people on vacations, whether it be up in Nashville or Disney World or different places like that. If you're looking to make memories of your own, reach out to Magical Destinations of Fernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. These ladies can be reached at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469. 469-6304. Better yet, find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Derek, like we do each and every Tuesday morning, we turn our attention to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week provided by the DeSoto County Museum. Derek, now would be a good time to take your kids, spring break, to the museum. Located right across the street from Area 51 Ice Cream, but Rob Long and the team at the DeSoto County Museum would love to serve you. They're open daily, Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 5. That's 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday at the DeSoto County Museum, located just past the railroad tracks here in Hernando. Derek, what you got for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week today? 
Well, the fact of the week today takes us back to 1954. Now, I don't know about the human quarantine we've had over the past year, but there was a countywide hog quarantine in 54. There could be no hog movement anywhere across the county until the veterinarians gave the all clear because of the disease that was running through the hogs at that time. Also during that year, there was a real fear about the polio epidemic sweeping the nation. The Jonas, Dr. Jonas Salk had actually developed the polio vaccine a year earlier in 53 that would eradi help eradicate polio in most na uh, nations by 1990. However, it did not started, uh, the vaccines did not start until 1955, and so that was done in uh, 1950, or 55 to 61, and then 1961, they actually started it orally. Again, there was a polio uh, in 1954 that was sweeping across the county and giving people a scare, uh, as well as, um, you know, a virus in pigs, well, they had to be quarantined. So again, as we continue to mention, we had another uh, excellent news about vaccine today. Not the first year to happen. Uh, and this, this has happened all throughout history. And, and unfortunately, like the polio vaccine, a lot of people did not want to take it. And even in the 1990s, uh, the, due to superstition, there was a sub, some in developing nations who would not take it uh, because of religious reasons, because they thought people were trying to poison them. Polio was almost stamped out with the help of the Rotary International literally three or four years ago. Uh, the pandemic, whereas it helped a lot of things with disease, it actually hurt it because they could not go out and, and you know, to Afghanistan. It's basically, it's in like India, uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan region where they could not get the people in the mountains. They had new cases pop up because of that. They could not get to them. And so it actually has made a small comeback there. And so there's a real big push. And I know that Bill Gates has now stepped in and helped it put some of his billions behind it, trying to help Rotary completely eradicate polio. Uh, but again, that's what was happening in DeSoto County in 1954. We appreciate Rob Long sending us that fact of the week. Uh, we can Rob continues to give us really good facts of the week. But again, what you were simply saying or wanting to point out when it comes to this week's fact of the week is pandemics, you know, disease, different things like that, they, they sweep through you know the world it, it does happen uh and scientists put their tremendous knowledge together and their medicine together and and come up with things i mean operation warp speed uh what's happened last year Derek, is absolutely phenomenal i mean what they have put together the the work they've done on the vaccines has just been tremendous cut through a ton of red tape and i mean there's you know i don't think they're uh the previous administration is getting a lot of credit right now when it comes to that but what the government did and allowed for with operation warp speed pretty pretty amazing so something desoto county will never forget for sure thank you rob long for the desoto county fact of the week Visit the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, if you have an opportunity, take your kids. Uh, the DeSoto County Museum, again, right there across the street from Area 51 Ice Cream in Hernando, 9 to 5, every Tuesday through Saturday here in Hernando. Well, Derek, since we're not going to have the show on Friday, since we're not going to have our show on Friday, when we do the DeSoto County shout-outs where we give positive news, different things going on, we want to go ahead and do a, touch on a couple of things now. The first one being that there is a raffle being held for Deputy Austin Eldridge, uh, injured in the line of duty uh, in February. Just an amazing story of survival. I know he is home. Uh, he is home. I did see that the other day on Facebook. He has come home. I saw an opportunity there where he was thanking the, the other deputy that was there uh, with him uh, to assist him to, to really save his life. Derek, just an awesome story. Pretty amazing. But there is a raffle going on. Thanks to the many small businesses in Hernando, they have been able to collect over $2,000 worth of gifts and gift cards from restaurants, boutiques, car repair locations, and other small businesses. So they are now able to raffle off four separate baskets worth $500 each. Tickets are $20, and all proceeds will go to the Eldridge family. Tickets are available at the following places. Complete Home Center, Windy City Grill, Hernando Flower Shop, Benchmark Auto Body, Big Muddy Coffee, Blue Ribbon Cleaners, and Steakscape. I'm going to go through those again. Complete Home Center, Windy City Grill, Hernando Flower Shop, 
Benchmark Auto Body, Big Muddy Coffee, Blue Ribbon Cleaners, and Steak Escape. You can also purchase tickets through Venmo. Go to at Eldridge, that's E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E, dash raffle to purchase. The drawing will be held on March 31st. You do not have to be present to win. So just a great opportunity to support the Eldridge family, an opportunity to uh, have a raffle where you make it win $500 worth of gifts and different things from local restaurants, car repair, etc. The other thing that we have today, uh, another shout-out and positive news, is that Keep America Beautiful, the nation's leading community improvement nonprofit organization, has presented Keep DeSoto County Beautiful with its 2020 President Circle Award. The President Circle Award recognizes exemplary performance by certified affiliates of Keep America Beautiful in creating clean, green, and beautiful communities. This is the sixth year Keep DeSoto County Beautiful has received the President Circle Award. Again, we want to congratulate Keep DeSoto County Beautiful uh, with its sixth straight 2020 President Circle Award. Well, Derek, speaking of keeping things beautiful, since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education, and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. North Point Christian School is over the moon excited to announce they have added an evening open house for the month of March. Next Monday, March 22nd, 2021, they will have an evening open house at 6 p.m. Swing by after work and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. NCS is conveniently located in DeSoto County near the intersection of Goodman and Getwell Roads. For nearly 50 years, the school has been delivering a high-quality and affordable private education that is distinctively and unapologetically Christian. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting their Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Are you looking for someone to maintain your yard this spring and summer? Now's the time to reach out to Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I just mentioned, now is the time to contact Richard and his team for a free quote on maintaining your yard. They offer monthly contracts. They offer one-time winter cleanups, fence repair. That's new fences, old fences, gate repair, anything like that. Any type of outdoor need you may have for your lawn, reach out to Richard at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or you can find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, Matt, as we mentioned, I think, on the last podcast last week that there's not a lot going on right now outside of baseball and softball. 
And so we're going to pick those up after spring break. But there is one thing that uh, is sports-related that I think both on our, our hearts. We mentioned this back in January uh, when the Saints were put out of the playoffs. But on Sunday, Drew Brees, actually his children, announced his retirement. And, again, you know, we kind of saw this coming. I think everybody – and we even talked about it in January. That probably was the last time. But he wanted to wait till March 14th. That was 15 years to the day that he signed to play with the Saints. Wow, yeah. So 15 years of his life. It was a great picture of him and his wife signing the contract back in 2006. And, uh, you know, of course, they had a great year that year. Opened the Superdome back up and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And then 15 years to the day later, he retires. Just gave his, you know, a lot of his life. A lot of his soul. He is staying in the New Orleans area. His kids seem pretty excited to have him at home. Just a, a great man. Uh, just a great job uh, for the Saints. And just a, a great asset to the city of New Orleans. Is finally hanging it up. And uh, couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Derek, you know, you and I, we grew up Saints fans. And, and for those other people that may have grown up a Saints fan, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of losses. I joked with you. I've joked with you for years. You got to see a lot of Saints games because I lived within a certain, you know, mileage of the, of the New Orleans Superdome, which therefore I had blacked out. So I got used to listening to the games on WWL as a kid. So I didn't see a ton of games unless they were national. And not until after Katrina did, did the Saints really become. I mean, Drew Brees made the Saints, uh, you know, since the Cowboys sucked. I mean, they, they, they were they, they were America's team at the time. It was, uh, you know, very awesome. Definitely the Southeast region's team. That, the, yeah, the Falcons were one thing and the, and the Cowboys were their struggles and whatever. But the Saints were definitely and, – and that's all because of Drew Brees. He put the Saints on his shoulders and, and he put them back on the map, man. It's just really awesome. Uh, best quarterback uh, for the Saints, you know, since uh, Archie Manning, which uh, Archie was – those teams he played on were just, I mean, dreadful. Just, my dad used to joke. He said, man, he said, I, he said, I bet Archie Manning knows exactly – how many lights are in the Superdome? Because <laughs> he laid on his back so much. Yeah, I watched him when Archie. I, mean, I was young, young. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I remember glimpses. I remember I was probably, I think he left New Orleans in '81, so I was six or seven when he uh, left, and then played a little bit for the Oilers and then for the Vikings. But I, I remember it vaguely. I remember wearing bags on my head, you know, because I saw people wearing bags on their sure. head when I was pulling for the Saints. But you know, my, my, you know, before Breeze, I guess the two that I really remember uh, or Bobby Abear, yeah. the Cajun Cannon. Uh, and then you had Aaron Brooks, yeah. uh, and so which you know he had a first time that we actually won a playoff game. Aaron Brooks, and then you know of course then Breeze, and and but Breeze has been just fantastic. It's one guy when you know that jersey that you can buy number nine and know he was not going anywhere. You know he was not going to be traded. He was not going to be let go, and you know but he's finally going to hang it up. Forty two years old. Yep, hangs up at forty two. So exact same so. age as me. Um, so again, <laughs> just think about you trying to play, get right. ready. And play so he that. just finished his twentieth football season, and I was really happy to survive a. Uh, 20-minute bike ride with my daughter <laughs> yesterday. So, I mean, that just shows you the difference between uh, me and Drew Brees. Not that there's not plenty more. But, uh, you know, Drew Brees, uh, you, you may never hear this show, but uh, I thank you for the memories. Thank you for the uh, just the opportunity to sit down with friends and opportunity to hug others after we had just won a Super Bowl. That's something I'll never forget. Well, and, and for those of us, I mean, not just any listener, whether you're a fan or even heard of the Saints before, um, that love to go to New Orleans. I mean, really helped resurrect that city after yeah. Katrina. Uh, kept people in town, gave people something to cheer for, some you know, people to come back, people to continue to keep their restaurants open. I mean, just a, a great guy and has given so much back to the community. So could not be happier. I know we've gone on about three or four minutes about Drew Brees, but, uh, you know, there's not – 
all-time greats that retire every day. Sure. And so we just wanted to kind of give this acknowledgement to Drew of what he meant for the last 15 years, for my son and I getting to watch him for 15 years, and uh, just really going to miss him. No, that's a correction, Derek. You would watch him for the first quarter. They, they'd give yeah, up a touchdown, well. and you would you would go take a nap or, or quit or go I, walk I your get, dog or I something I got really like angry yeah. a lot. You actually, I, I know for a fact I've seen more Drew Brees football than you well, because it, you always quit watching well, the Saints here's, here's if the they thing. go down by three like, points. I, when we're underdogs and, like, not supposed to win – I don't mind watching it because we're supposed to be bad. But when we're supposed to be good and just lose heartbreakingly, it uh, – Well, it here's the thing, though. We, we have – there's No, no. That, but here's the thing. We have watched so much football. That they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super they Bowl. They won a Super Bowl and have won 12 games and 13 games and stuff like that. So, here's the sad part for you. Like Anyway, we could talk – that's another show. We'll talk about more <laughs> football uh, some other time or whatever. I did get that book, though, the one about you can be a, uh, an optimist. Okay. Uh, yeah, good. so we can we can do a book, book together uh, – book club together here on the UTW podcast. Again, Drew Brees, thank you. Uh, absolute legend. I know you have a lot of fans, a lot of listeners to the UTW podcast uh, have, have watched Drew Brees for years. I did get a kick out of it, Derek. Hey, uh, our dad is finally retiring so he can spend more time with us. That was on Sunday. On Monday, he announced that he now works yeah, for NBC. Oh, he works for NBC. <laughs> He's going to cover the Olympics and all kinds of uh, neat stuff. So, yeah, he may be the busiest broadcaster, uh, you know, right back to it. So, look, if you like what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday and on our special candidate episodes – Find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Please continue to share it with friends and family. Continue to share it on your Facebook page, Instagram, wherever you might see the uh, the UTW Podcast logo. Please continue to share it. I joke around each every week. If you like what you hear, tell 10. If you hate what you hear, tell 100 as we continue to grow. If you want to advertise with the UTW Podcast, Email us under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. We, we do have a new sponsor, Derek, that I think a lot of uh, people will like to hear coming up. They'll begin working with us in the next coming weeks. A neat one, so a little tease there, but uh, definitely something that's important to a lot of people, the residents in Hernando, uh, something that's coming up that I think we'll be excited to be a big part of. So, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.